Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Welcome to On the Ball with Rick Buecher. Here's your host. Let's send it over to Rick Buecher. Rick Buecher. This is On the Ball on the United Wecast Network, and I am Rick Buecher. You can see me on FS1, hear me on Fox Sports Radio, and you can read me by ordering the memoir of Brian Grant and his battle with young-onset Parkinson's called Rebound. If you know someone with Parkinson's or you know nothing about Parkinson's, you will want to read Brian's story. Order your copy on Amazon or visit your favorite brick-and-mortar bookstore to grab one. Are you a Kindle reader, audiobook listener? We've got those versions as well. Support Brian's foundation, which supports those afflicted with Parkinson's, and pick up your copy today. You can also follow me on both Twitter and Instagram, at Rick Buecher. I'm a lot of places. There's only one place you can hear me talking about story angles and perspectives that you are not likely to find anywhere else, primarily but not exclusively involving the NBA, and that is here. Before I get rolling, I want to thank one of my listeners for reaching out to me via Instagram and correcting me on the timeline for the Philadelphia 76ers in which I suggested Sean Bradley and Allen Iverson join forces. Thank you, Maniza, if I'm pronouncing that correctly. It did not happen, and I can't explain why in my mind's eye I see them standing next to each other. I certainly don't recall any signature moments of them actually playing together, and there's there's a reason. They didn't. I had the Sixers drafting Bradley number two in the 1993 draft to join AI because, and this part is true, They had Dana Barros and Jeff Hornacek in the backcourt and a young Clarence Weatherspoon at power forward. So they weren't interested in Chris Webber. They envisioned Bradley as a younger, more athletic Minute Bowl who was with them when they picked Bradley. Iverson came along a a few years later and by then Bradley had been dealt to the New Jersey Nets for Derek Coleman. I have no explanation for why I was locked in on Bradley being taken to play with AI. I knew that Philadelphia was stuck on taking Bradley at number two. That's as far as it goes. That part, completely accurate. So again, my thanks. Anytime any of you guys hear something, not the debatable stuff, although I I don't mind hearing from you, on those two, 
but if you hear ever hear anything that is factually off the mark please let me know i do my best to make sure those things don't happen but i do not have anybody who is editing this podcast before it goes out as far as for content or editorial accuracy so i'm relying on you to take care of me the over underlines for number of wins for each nba team next season have been posted by the major odds makers and i sifted through what bet online put out to a see the big picture that is being painted as far as who is slipping or rising from last year and who is projected to make the playoffs or not and b to see if there were any lines that i thought they missed on and there were for the most part the lines being set are relatively conservative they don't have anyone running away in either conference the brooklyn nets are favored to finish at the top of the east with a line of 55 and a half wins but the milwaukee bucks are right behind them at 54 and a half the race in the west is projected to be just as tight but more crowded with the lakers at 52 and a half wins and both the suns and jazz a game back at 51 and a half. I should know right now that I did a what I consider a considerable amount of calculating for this episode. I want you to know that because in general math was not my favorite subject in school. I've warmed to it, but I walked into my son's room the other day, of course I knocked, and found him doing his calculus homework and it made the hair stand up on the back of my neck. Calculus, physics, I'm fascinated by the curvature and arc of everything from the ideal jump shot to corner kicks, but calculating the different degrees or working with any formula that promises to do that makes the front part of my brain feel as if it's calcifying. So that's another way of saying don't be too impressed with my Ivy League degree. It's also a way of showing how much I care for you, my listeners, because I wouldn't have done it for just anybody. You're welcome. The number crunching I did today, again, mostly for you, was fairly simple. I took the winning percentages from last year and multiplied them by 82 in order to figure out what the win totals for teams would have been had they played a full 82-game season instead of the COVID truncated 72. That way, I could see exactly what Bet Online thought of each team's off-season moves, or if it viewed last season as a fluke or outlier if no moves were made. The first discovery was that while the Nets are favored to have the best record in the league next year, presumably because they will be healthier and their top three players, Kevin Durant, James Harden, and Kyrie Irving, will play more than 14 games together, Bet Online only has them one game better than their record would have been last year, playing 82 games. So if you're one of those, or one of the many, who expect the Nets to be so much better than last season, that's a number I think you definitely want to play the over on. I also found meaning in the fact that the Nets are projected to be three games better than the Lakers. 
Now, if you watched me on if you've watched me on TV or heard me on radio, you've heard my doubts about the Lakers and the Nets, as a matter of fact, as title contenders. But that's based on what kind of playoff teams I think they'll be. In the regular season, I expect both of them to be somewhere at the top of each conference. The three-game margin suggests that Bet Online isn't completely buying into the Lakers' array of future Hall of Famers as still being at or close to the top of their games. Otherwise, I'd expect their projected win total to be even or at most a game off from the Nets. If we're taking win totals as a reflection of who the odds makers think are the best teams overall, then they have both Brooklyn and Milwaukee beating the Lakers if they happen to meet in the finals. If you're wondering why the Lakers have the second best odds of winning only to the Nets, it's because of logistics. If the Bucks aren't projected to be better than the Nets, they have no way of getting to the finals while the Lakers still do. And being in the finals gives the Lakers a better chance of winning the title than a team like Milwaukee that isn't. Now, if you already understood all that, apologies for over-explaining. And by the way, for those who might think, well, the odds makers are just sitting, setting regular season numbers and they're not looking at these teams as they're in their playoff ability. They're, se- they're separating the two. They're looking at them in two different ways, as I often do. They're not, based on the odds that are being set for who is going to win the championship or is more likely, most likely, to win the championship. They line pretty much straight up with the win totals that are being projected. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. A few other random observations before I get to what all the numbers suggest Bet Online anticipates the postseason looking like. The Dallas Mavericks, as I projected a couple of podcasts ago, are not likely to rise in the standings. Bet Online has them with 47.5 wins, which is essentially the same as last year's finish, and puts them in the exact same fifth seed slot in the West as last year. Which raises the question, as I did a few episodes ago of why Luka Doncic is the preseason favorite to win MVP when a player from a non-first or second seed in either conference has only won MVP twice in the last 20 years. Nikola Jokic being the second on the third-seeded Nuggets last year and Russell Westbrook being, and I think it was 2017, but he's the other one who did it with the six-seeded Oklahoma City Thunder. It's the exception, the massive exception, not the rule. Another note, the odds makers apparently believe Luke Walton will be fired at some point next season or at the end of the season because Bet Online has the Kings once again finishing just outside the play-in picture. 
and everything coming out of Sacramento is that owner Vivek Ranadive is demanding a playoff appearance next season. It's actually, it was surprising that Luke was brought back in spite of the fact that the Kings did not make the play-in scenario last season. That was supposed to be a prerequisite for him keeping his job. Uh, it was suggested by the new GM that he kept his job because they were in the running for making the play-in games. So take that for what it's worth. I, I should add that I'm also hearing the King's financial picture is not exactly rosy. And that could have had an impact on the decision at the end of last season and could have an impact on whether their cabal of 900 minority owners are willing to eat the final year of Walton's contract, which is worth north of $5 million. So he's got next season and the season after on his deal. The teams the odds makers evidently consider one-year wonders last year are the Knicks, the Jazz, and the Suns. The Knicks would have had 47 wins at last year's success rate in an 82-game season, but their line for next season is set at 42.5, which, if every team plays to projected form, would put them ninth in the East and needing to play their way into the playoffs. The Jazz are still supposed to be one of the West's better teams, but their winning percentage is expected to come way down. Last year's percentage translated into 59 wins, and their line is set at 51.5. The Suns, meanwhile, fall from a projected 58 wins last year to the same 51.5. I find both of those interesting simply because there aren't or haven't been any major changes to either team's roster. One last observation. Either the odds makers anticipate improvement because Brad Stevens is off the bench and in the front office, or they really like the addition of Dennis Schroeder for peanuts at point guard, or they think Josh Richardson is going to have a resurgence, or that Al Horford has something left after resting in OKC for half a season. It's probably a little bit of all that that has the Celtics going five games over 500, or at least their line being set there, after being a perfectly mediocre squad last year. So here's the playoff picture. The East teams projected to get in for sure are the Nets, Bucks, Sixers, Heat, Hawks, and Celtics. Having to play in their way are the 7th-seeded Bulls, the 8th-seeded Pacers, the 9th-seeded Knicks, and the always-scraping-in-but-leaving-early Charlotte Hornets. The Magic, for what it's worth, are projected to be the worst team in the Eastern Conference, and not too much is expected of Cade Cunningham, the number one pick with the Pistons, because they're slated to finish 14th, just above Orlando. The West teams that are in for sure are the Lakers, Suns, Jazz, Warriors, Mavericks, and Nuggets. Playing their way in are the 7th-seeded Clippers, 8th-seeded Blazers, 9th-seeded Grizzlies, and the 10th-seeded Pelicans. The team taking the biggest tumble are the Spurs, who would have won 44 games last season if 82 games were played, 
and have their line set for next season at 28 and a half. Oddsmakers are all not expecting Jalen Green to do much more for the Rockets than Cade does for the Pistons, with Houston finishing just above Oklahoma City at the bottom of the Western Conference. If there are two teams that I believe have their numbers set too low in the West, it is the Memphis Grizzlies and the Los Angeles Clippers. The oddsmakers actually have the Grizzlies winning at a lower clip than they did last year. Perhaps because of the trade that sent Jonas Valanciunas to New Orleans for Steven Adams and Grayson Allen heading to Milwaukee. The Grizz would have finished 43-41 and 41 last season with 82 games, and their line next season is 41 and a half. I'm playing that over. Because I don't think the odds makers are taking into account Jaron Jackson Jr. only played 11 games last season. And I can see him and John Morant being one of the league's next dynamic duos. Their core rotation is just so young. Kyle, Kander- Kyle-, Kyle Anderson, Dylan Brooks, Ja, Jaron, and Brandon Clark are all 27 or younger. They can't help but improve. And having Rajon Rondo around to mentor Morant has to be a plus as well. And I like the system and the culture that Taylor Jenkins, the head coach, has created there. They seem to have their whole hierarchy and their whole mindset in terms of who they are and what they want to be clearly delineated. The Clippers, meanwhile, are supposed to be nine wins worse than last year with, I assume, it's because of the uncertainty of if or when they'll see Kawhi Leonard rejoin them. Their line is pegged at 44.5 wins, and I'd go with the over on that too. One, I don't believe Kawhi is going to sit the entire season. Two, it ignores that he missed 20 games last season, and it didn't prevent the Clippers from tying the Nuggets for the third best record in the West. Three, There's no reason to believe Reggie Jackson won't continue to play like a bonafide starting point guard now that he's settled into L.A. and the team and developed a tight bond with Paul George. The chemistry overall of this team is markedly better than it was the bubble year, as I've noted many times. And I don't expect Eric Bledsoe or Justice uh, Winslow to screw it up. Terrence Mann is only going to get better. If Serge Ibaka has recovered from his back surgery, they still have one of the top four rosters in the West easily. I'm taking it over the Nuggets, the Mavs, and yes, even the Warriors, with Klay Thompson looking right now as if he's on a timeline similar to Kawhi's as far as when we might see him playing without a minute's restriction. All right, that does it for this episode of On the Ball on the United Wecast Network. Please rate and review the show on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. And in the next episode, as of right now, I am planning to look at the NBA selecting a new top 75 players in conjunction with celebrating the league's 75th anniversary. And the question is, how are they going to go about it? Are they going to start with a clean slate as far as not just add 25 to the 
existing 50, but start from scratch and pick a whole new 75, which might mean that some who had made the top 50 would fall off, potentially. And would that be right or fair or historically accurate? We'll get into all that in the next episode. In the meantime, as always, thanks for listening. powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. The Real Housewives is a guilty pleasure for most, but if you're looking to not feel guilty about that pleasure, tune in to Everything Iconic with me, Danny Pellegrino, where I break down all the messy moments and behind-the-scenes antics of Bravo's popular franchise. And on Everything Iconic, I also interview celebrity guests like Kelly Ripa, Kiki Palmer, Drew Barrymore, Cameron Diaz, and more about their guilty pleasures, their past work, and so much more. So if you're pop culture obsessed and find yourself watching way too much reality TV like me, tune in to Everything Iconic with Danny Pellegrino, wherever you listen to podcasts. ACAST helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. ACAST.com.